welcome along. It's the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio on this Saturday morning in the middle of March and Pori Corkin is with us in studio. Good morning. Good morning, morning Deirdre. Good morning, listeners. How are you this fine I'm great. March morning? That weather is like, it's like a tonic, isn't it? It's 15, 16 degrees. Know, Fantastic. It's, it's mad, actually, to be honest, but it's all good. It's, <laughs> it's all, all good. good. It's, it's all good. good. And it's amazing how, how even just after the week, the things have dried up or are beginning to dry up, certainly beginning to dry up. Yeah, and I well. could really see that this morning um, because again because we're moving on in the year a little bit mornings are that little bit brighter now yeah. which is great um, and I could see spots that are normally or have been flooded for the past quite a few weeks yeah. um, definitely were dried dry up out. I noticed the Sock River as we crossed it there in Ballymore this morning was a lot drier than it had been because yeah. that's always flooded It's amazing what a but, few days yeah. will be Have you cranked up the lawnmower yet? <laughs> I've left no. I've left it down for servicing. <laughs> that's a good start. That's yeah. a good start. Because I this is it's growing. Oh well, my gosh. Well, yeah. This weekend, that's the one tip I'd say to people is if you haven't cut your lawn, which most people haven't, let's be honest, get the mower out today. Crank it up, get that first early cut of grass, uh, put the grass box on and go around and just even if you if you raise up the, the wheels a little bit mm. and just take the top off the grass and even it out because that's going to encourage the grass to then start to fill in and it really kicks start the lawn. So my advice really this weekend, if you do nothing else, get the lawnmower out crank it up and uh, take that first cut of of, uh, of grass. You'll also see what's there. Is there a moss problem? Is, are there some bare patches? And it would be a good weekend to treat those as well. But in, but in particular, I would use the opportunity with this little bit of dry weather to, uh, to get the more out and just... Start it's that process, start. yeah, kick okay. it off now. Because, of course, we could go back to the wet stuff and you then could, at within, least you'd have a little bit done. Exactly, and, mm. and you'll have that. Because, again, it, another week, another few days is going to make a big difference and it's going to make that lawn a little bit tougher to cut. So that's the first thing now? I would be doing this weekend. Now, but it's not the first thing you are doing this weekend no. because you're giving a talk later a busy on weekend, today. Yes, actually, yeah. yeah, I thought I was busy today yeah, yeah, until you walked in the door. So I got a nice invite from the uh, Turlock Museum of Country Life in, in Turlock in Castlebar. They've asked me to come along today at three o'clock to give a talk on gardening. So it's really, the, the topic is getting people back into the garden. So what to do in your garden this weekend or over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so I have a nice talk. It's going to be in the auditorium, which is actually in the main museum building itself. Uh, it's free, mm-hmm. a free talk. So three o'clock, if you want to come along, uh, f- just for about an hour, we'll have time. I'll make sure that we'll finish before the match kicks off. Uh, so between three, so it's going to kick off at three o'clock. We'll be there at about four, maybe quarter past four, depending on the questions. Uh, but I have a nice little presentation just a couple of things that people can be thinking about doing in their garden now we've kind of put together those tasks that you can do so I have a nice little slideshow for people um, so three o'clock in the National Museum of Country Life it's just down from the garden centre and um, I'm looking forward to it so okay, inviting people to come along it's okay. a free talk Great it's a good stuff. Job, so opportunity to, for me to meet the listeners as well Okay, well, there you go. If you have nothing else planned today, pop along there uh, to the museum. And not only that on the busy front, but you you were also telling me that you're starting, uh, I suppose, another, a, a new division. New dimension. Of, yeah. Yeah, well, we've always been asked about garden design and, and giving advice to people on their gardens and what to do in your garden, how mm. to design and lay out a garden. So it's a new service that we're offering in Turlock, in the garden centre in Turlock. We have a new garden design service. Um, and if people are interested in that, they, they can ring the garden centre and, and, and the the team will tell you about it. But just to get people again started in the garden, f- next weekend, I'm going to take 30 people through a garden consultation. So giving them advice on their own garden. So we've got 30 places to give away, but you need to book. Right. So the number to ring is 94 90 That's Turlock's number. Ring that number now. 
put your name down and the first 30 people we'll invite them along next weekend and myself and the team will bring them through a garden consultation so we'll give them some advice we'll ask them to bring some photographs with them on the day and we'll go through some hints and tips and advice in terms of laying out your garden and what you can do and how you can improve it so that's 30 places for next weekend so, but you need to ring that number 09490 So it'll suit people that mm. might have new gardens and they really don't know what to do and where to start or people that have existing gardens and they want to give them a bit of a makeover and maybe, you know, redesign the garden and lay it out mm. in a different way. So people that are in that category, ring that number 09490 Put your name down and um, we'll get back to you and book you in, book you in for a slot and uh, we'll run that over, over next weekend. It's a great idea because uh, it doesn't matter whether you have a half an acre or you have a small handkerchief, you know, everybody wants to make the most out of the bit of space they have. Yeah. And sometimes <clears> it's fa- when you are looking at, at that blank canvas and you're not that way inclined, it's very hard to know even small things like where do you put a shed or yeah. where do you put your oil tank? And, you know, now they may be in situ already, but um, I suppose I've learned this myself as well from having that patch at the back and going, you know, if if only or where could I put this? um, And people tend to approach their garden piecemeal. They tend to do a little bit at a time and and you end up with with not exactly... Bits and pieces. Correct. Mm. Correct. So rather than (laughs) doing that, maybe sit back and just... And if you're designing your house, of course, you're going to take that overview of, you know, the living space and how we're going to use the actual space. And the garden should be no different. Mm. It's really around, you know, how you're going to use the garden and what's the purpose of the garden and design the garden then around those 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 principles and there are basic principles when you are designing gardens so we're looking for 30 people 30 victims Great. to come along but it is a, a book you have to book the, because the, obviously the time the, is going the, to be restricted and how long will, <coughs> how long will that session last it, a session should last between 20 minutes and a half an hour right. with each person oh, okay. so we will be asking people to take some photographs bring them with mm. us and, and it'll depend on the garden of, of, of course, course but yeah. within 20 minutes half an hour I think we'll have given them some good ideas of what to do with their garden so that's going to be next weekend. You need to ring the number today, mm. book your spot, and then we'll book you in over the next, next weekend. And so I'll have a busy weekend next weekend as like well. You sound like a very busy weekend. And w- is it, would it be important for people to know, um, you know, what direction their garden yes. is facing in and things like that as yep. well? Yeah. yeah, preferably you should know, you know, if, if, if the sun, where the sun sets, in the, where east yeah. is, where west is, uh, you know. So yeah, if you can, those kind of basic um ideas or basic principles if you can bring those along so really we'll be looking for maybe five or six photographs is your garden north south east or west facing um you could even bring a small sample of soil with you as well oh yeah that kind of you know okay. and, and that, that's enough that's and do enough they to need to started. have measurements or anything like that well the photographs will give us a very good okay. idea of of um of the size of the mm. garden but certainly you could take the overall length and breadth but we'll bring people the 30 people we'll bring them through what they're going to we'll give them a checklist of what they're going to need to bring with, a, with them on the oh, day alright okay great right. so give us that They'll number again I'm sure they, you, so may, z- you may have the 30 already but just in case 09490 ring the number and it's the first 30 people and we probably I'll probably run this again I'm going to see how it goes yeah. see what the reaction is to it and if it's very positive we'll, we'll run it again maybe in a two or three mm-hmm. weeks time again I think it's a great idea uh, to be perfectly honest because uh, even with it, well if you're starting out it's very difficult to know where to go and even if you have uh, sort of thrown your own tuppence worth at it um, but you feel that you're not making great progress it, you know it, that's still an, a great option for people to go back and say right look at I don't feel this works but I'm not sure where to go exactly. 
and can you would but you the garden also changes I mean when you have a young family the, the, the demands in the mm. garden are different than when you're that little bit older and you maybe want to be entertaining more or and, and maintenance mm. you want to be cutting down on the maintenance as people get that little bit older, older so they're, yeah. they're kind of basic principles you can do to, to reduce the work in the garden as well so it's really all about what's the purpose of the garden and the purpose might be for the next five or six years and it could change in that, that period as well so it's thinking about the future Okay, great. Uh, I'd say you'll have lots of takers ah, on that, we something will. tells me. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, are we? We can yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, we'll take a quick not? break right. and we have uh, some bits and pieces to talk about. I know we've lots of questions too because they've been coming in since early morning and uh, indeed you can keep them coming to us on 087 941 in association with C&C Cellular. We're switching your landlines to Vodafone is easy and you can phone us as well and we're keeping Teresa nice and busy this morning on 0818 you're very welcome back. It's the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio. Porik Horkin in studio with us. Now, Porik, before we go to questions, uh, you've <coughs> come in with, um, well, I've, I've well, first of all, the most intriguing little device. Um, I brought you in a little gadget. It's kind of a guess what <laughs> is this, Deirdre? And um, I have to say, stumped fully. It looks um, not unlike a kind of a fat syringe, really. It is. And that's, yeah. well, it, it, it's called the super seeder and it's used okay. for sowing seeds. So that's so what that is in it. I, did, I wasn't sure. Yeah. I thought it might be for do you know what I, I thought it might be for giving small birds food or something like that but obviously not <laughs> for seeds for yeah, seed I know, sowing yeah, my pet Sup- bird the su- super seeder so that's that's used say particularly for, for listeners that Very find good idea that they find seeds uh, tricky or finickety and particularly maybe for older people yeah. that again just have having the dexterity to maybe sow a small seed all you simply do is you fill the canister oh, with your favourite seed it could be cabbage seed or carrot seed or whatever and then and particularly for seeds that you want to sow very thinly like parsnips carrots it works very well so you just fill the canister with the seed and um, for a very small seed I would recommend you actually even mix a little bit of sand into the into the, the vessel mm. with the seed and then go along and sow the seed with the so all you do is press the top with the seed drops out the bottom and it's ideal for sowing in say drills or straight rows or in seed trays as well but it's it's very handy I've used it for quite a lot of seed myself and it's it works it works extremely well yeah it's, uh, it's, it is really handy so I thought that would be a gadget that you'd um, and you know if somebody has a little touch of arthritis now for example and stuff like that that's exactly it uh, where it's you know because seeds are fiddly little things well can be anyway lots of them yeah, are yeah it, it's, it's very handy and it's you just put it in that. and you just press the top press and the top and it and releases seeds as, as you press it exactly yeah. it's as simple as that I also brought a couple of seed in because mm. I was talking to James last week about F1s. And thanks very much to James for sitting in last week as well. And he's done a great job. Um, but I brought a couple of varieties along and the, what I was saying to James really, that when you look at the terminology on seeds, yep. um, it can be sometimes confusing, confusing. But if you look at that... As in mini coal F1 hybrid. Yeah, and, and the, that's the cabbage seed I was I was uh, featured last week. And the term, the term F1 means that it's a particularly good variety of seed. So particularly that cabbage only produces very small heads. They're right. ideal. Again, for, for maybe houses that you've only uh, two people or three people living in because they produce small heads of cabbage that stay... Uh, they stay mature for a very long period so they don't run to seed. Mm. But there are other varieties, say like the um, resistor fly, which is a carrot fly variety, which is an F1, which is resistant to the carrot root fly, or one called Eskimo, which is particularly good for late sowings. If you want a carrot that you can leave in the ground through the winter period and harvest over the winter, that's a particularly good variety. Again, it's an F1 variety um, and, and particularly good. There's also for 
are bee lovers. Oh, yes. Th- this is a great plant. It's, it's one actually, again, I saw in the Botanic Gardens last summer flowering. It's a plant called Phacelia. So it's P-H-A-C-E-L-I-A, Phacelia. It's, it's often sold as a green manure, which is um, for people that grow organically, you sow the seeds in the ground, mm-hmm. you let the plant grow, and then you dig the plant into the, into the ground. But this particular variety flowers extremely well. So for all those people that love bees and, and have bees, that's a plant, that's a flowering plant I would sow at this time of year out of doors. It'll come into flower in June. It's got a very, very long flowering period. It flowers up to September, October and grows about 12, maybe 15 inches in height. It's blue flowers. Yes, it's very, they're very pretty, kind of lavender colour. Lavender really. colour, yeah. exactly. Um, and of course, if you're, if you're growing organically, you, you can simply then, uh, as it comes in or when it finishes flowering, dig it back into the soil as mm. a manure. But particularly bees love this. I mean, when, when I saw it in flower, there were absolutely hundreds and hundreds of bees on the the bee the flowers were buzzing with the amount of bees, bees that were on really? it. Yeah, terrific plant, very high um, amount of nectar produced by it, and because it flowers over a long period, bees can feast from late May right through till kind of September, so October. So it kind, on that. kind of keeps them going throughout the, it does, the season. It does, yeah. So that's phacelia. And is phacelia. that? It, I'm looking at the at the packet pork. It looks as if it might be a, a plant for meadows and stuff like that. You could you could but, use it for that, but, but it, does it matter? Does it matter where it goes? It doesn't really. Generally Generally, it's sown, say, in the veg garden. You'd sow it in a, maybe ah, a plot right. of, yeah. you know, that, that package. There's hundreds of seeds in that. So it actually yeah, covers do, quite a big area. Pretty, oh, yeah. And um, so it generally it's sown kind so of in a block. So it's complementing other planting yeah, that's going you, on. But you not, could, it's not necessarily for the flower bed, or is it? No, it's not really. No, yeah. I would use it just in a, in a kind of spare piece of, of the garden. It could be in a, in, a, in, a, in a rough piece of ground. It could be in your veg garden somewhere. Um, if you have a bit of ground, say, in the veg garden that you're not going to sow this year, for mm. example... Put that facility in, let it grow and then dig it in in the autumn and the bees will benefit during the growing season. You're going to attract bees into your own garden which will help with, with other plants that you want pollinated like garden peas and beans and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just one, uh, it caught my eye on, on the seed racks and I, I remembered it from uh, my visit to the gardens and, and in particular for bee lovers it's a great plant so it's phacelia okay. beginning with a P and it says it suppresses weeds here it does if you sow it if you sow it uh, heavily if you sow it thickly the weeds won't get it grows so quickly it That's germinates within 10-15 days it grows to its 12 inches in about a month 6 weeks period so it helps to kind of smother weeds as well it's mm. a bushy sort of a little plant um, so if you were trying to avoid the weeds in your yeah, vegetable patch exactly. it might be a, again, nice, you, a, a good alternative yeah again if you have a spot where you just want to grow something to fill it up for mm. the season, something beneficial both for the garden and for the insect life, that facility is very, very good. Excellent. And uh, you probably talked about this on the programme last week, but the F1 aspect, what is that? What, what's the, that signifying? F1 signifies a better quality seed. So breeders have grown the seed for a particular quality. So it could be scent, it could be the, pa- the fact that the plant grows flowers very heavily. In this instance with, with the vegetables, it's generally on the quality of the vegetables. So that cabbage, for example, is a great example of a most a lot of cabbage run to seed. You sow 100 plants, you might end up eating 20 and the rest go to seed. They just go into flower. Mm. Whereas that particular plant sits there waiting to be cut. So it's, it's ideal for, particularly I was featuring um, families that might have a small number, say, you know, two people yeah. in, in a household where you don't want a lot of waste. It's a particularly good variety. And you don't want cabbage five days in a row. No, but generally where you where you look, where you are, if people are buying seed and they are, look for that terminology F1. F1. It just denotes something different, something better. It's that a better is, quality seed. That is a good qu- top quality. Correct. Right. And would there, are there F2s and F3s then as well? That's exactly what James asked me. <laughs> There you go. Now, why would you go for an F2 or no, F3 when you can get you, an F1? Well, this is true, but 
do they exist in Mubarazi? Not yes. really. There's an well, odd one. Not there's, really for the, sales. No, yeah. like F one. That's the one to look for. That's that's. Okay, I'm, I'm going to leave my own questions aside. There you go. Uh, so we, and we had a few bit of cauliflower and some some. Yeah, and again, just there, just, just varieties of cauliflower. That's um, Clapton, which again is a very good variety that doesn't run to seed. Okay. It's also club root resistant, that one. So if people have problems with club root, which is a disease of all brassicas, where you get swelling of the roots and, and the disease stays in the ground from year to year. This is a variety of cauliflower that is resistant to that club root. Right. So if p- people have, so that's a very good example of why F1 is so good. So that's F1 Clapton cauliflower um, and it's resistant to club root. It's been bred to be resistant to the old club root disease. So you don't have to spray it, you don't have to treat it. It'll grow on ground that you've got club root in. So so it's just looking for when you're going to just be conscious. Just that, yeah, so yeah. That, that, that if it doesn't have F1 on it, it's probably fine. But if it does have F1 on it, it's, it's definitely the one to go it's, for. It's a better quality seed. Lovely. Okay, from uh, my questions to listener questions, yeah. so listeners' questions, Porik. Um, now, a listener has pulled off ivy off a stone wall. Okay. They're still left with it growing, though, uh, through the stones and lots of stumps. How can they get rid of that completely? Well, what to do now is, is uh, you can treat the actual stump that's left I would expose a bit more of the bark so get maybe an axe or a sharp knife and just cut back the bark on the the stump expose it and then get yourself a small bit of tree stump treatment so go into your local garden centre ask them for tree stump treatment you you simply just paint it on to the remaining stumps and they'll die away so that's that's applicable for ivy or if you have stumps of trees you want to get rid of or any old stumps that you just want to uh, kill them off at yep. this stage because ivy will reshoot again and, and come back into growth again. So small bit of tree stump treatment a weekend like this would be ideal to, to just paint it onto the actual stumps and that that's it. The stump is dead. Excellent. Gone. So, uh, right. Uh, took A listener took your advice on pot- potting some dahlia bulbs. Great. And they're all going gro- growing great. Yes. A neighbour said they can take cuttings from them now to grow more plants. Is this right? You can. You can um, cut. So the, the, the dahlias would have been potted a couple of weeks probably back. There is three or four inches of growth on them mm-hmm. now at this stage. You can s- take that stem, cut it at a node where a leaf joins the stem and simply put it into sand or perlite and compost, cover it with a polythene bag, sit it on a windowsill and that shoot will actually produce roots itself and produce a tuber this summer and come into flower and grow perfectly well. So you can take, once you sprout them, you can take cuttings from the dahlias as well. Now don't take too many if they're, mm. if they're young tubers. Maybe take one or two cuttings per uh, dahlia tuber. But that can be done at this time of year. Keep them indoors. Dahlias are still frost sensitive. We will still get frost over the next couple of weeks. So keep them indoors on a bright windowsill and um, you'll plant them out then about the first or second week of May. Great. Uh, a listener is wondering, now I know we touched on this, we might just talk about lawns for a second because yeah, we just at the start of the programme say that it's an ideal weekend uh, for giving it the first cut. Yes. Um, so a listener is wondering, can they cut their lawn first before killing the moss? Yeah, and that's, that's, uh, that's what I would do is actually uh, cut it today and tomorrow then you can put on your Osmo. Now the first thing to do with if you're controlling moss, put on the lime pellets, the Osmo lime pellets, mm-hmm. that's important to put on them for a week so put them on, say, maybe tomorrow, leave the lawn for a week and then apply the Osmo moss remover. And that will take about two weeks to kill the moss off. Um, the moss remover is unique in that it, it doesn't turn the lawn black. It doesn't discolour it. The, the moss dies, it withers from the base and disintegrates into the soil. And there's also a fertiliser in the Osmo, so it'll give it a nice green colour. But the listener is dead right. Cut the lawn today and then you can start putting on the lime pellets tomorrow. And then the following weekend, next weekend, put on your moss Your-oh. control. 
Excellent. And that's it done. And that's the way it works. Yeah. And if, you, if you've got any bare patches in the lawn that need a little bit of reseeding, then um, again, you, this is a good time of year. We're coming up to the 10, 15 degrees Celsius. So that's ideal uh, conditions for repatching and reseeding any areas. Now, a listener is looking for some small, colourful hostas, ones that won't grow too big and wondering, are they available at the moment? Yeah, it's, it's, hostas are just coming into growth. So anytime you can plant them out of doors, they're, they're frost hardy. So uh, hostas, and her, hostas produce that lovely, bold foliage, lovely kind of variegated foliage, bright leaf colour right through the, the summer period. And now is a great time to plant them. And indeed, if people have hostas in their garden and they want to divide them and split them, now is the time to do that, to dig up the clumps, split them in two or three and transplant them somewhere else. The key thing with hostas, watch for the slugs. Slugs and snails just destroy them, particularly this time of year as they're coming through the soil. So a little bit of the slug clear liquid or uh, some of the bear traps or mm-hmm. something to control slugs because they are, there's a lot of them about this year. Are there? Uh, a huge amount, right. huge amount because the winter's been so mild, right. it's and, been so wet. And it's wet, yeah. There's lots of them about. And things like hostas, they're, they're herbaceous, they come through the soil. So they're right there where the slugs are. Mm. And as they're coming through, the slugs start to eat holes in the developing stems and you then as the, the leaf starts to open you that know, damage is magnified so it, this is the time of year to kind of keep control of of slugs and hostas but it's a great time to plant them and indeed all herbaceous plants things like lupins peony roses delphiniums all of those summer flowering cottage garden plants should be planted at this time of year soil conditions are ideal at the moment for doing it okay great stuff now a listener is wondering um is it okay to sow carrots and parsnips in the same ground as last year well you can but it's not ideal i mean generally when you're growing vegetables you need to to crop rotate them so you need to move where you had growing, where you grew spuds last year, ideally you should grow the root crops in that piece of ground this year. So setting up a small bit of crop rotation where you're moving plants around from year to year is the ideal thing. Otherwise you run the risk of building up both pest and disease problems in Mm -hmm. the ground. Now, if you're tight for space and it's kind of a necessity, then yes, you can grow carrots and parsnips in the same piece of ground for a year or two. But ideally they should follow where you've grown a hungry crop like potatoes or cabbages uh, from the previous year year. So, and remember with we, we touched on this last week, when you are sowing carrot seed, it's it's probably a tad early yet. I generally recommend uh, about the first week of April for carrots, use some compost, backfill the, the drills with compost rather than soil, you get a better germination um, and the, what else was I going to say, not to manure the ground with organic matter. So don't put carrots and parsnips into ground that's been heavily manured. So use a pelleted fertilizer like Seamungus or Vitex Q4 where you're growing root crops. Okay. And of course, if you are buying the seeds, look for the F1. Look for the F1 varieties, particularly those varieties that are resistant to carrot root fly, like Resistifly or Fly Away. They're quite good to grow. And they're, they're quite a nice carrot as well. Which is important. Which is also, which actually <laughs> which is important. should more be the first uh, thing, point. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like a nice carriage, yeah. please. Um, a listener has a six foot hedge of red robin. The bottom two feet is bare and the top four foot is perfect. How can they get the bottom to fill in? Well, cut it hard back. And now is actually a great time. And this is one of the things I'll be touching in the museum today at the talk mm. at three o'clock. I'll be talking about pruning plants back because people do get a bit uh, confused. 
of when to cut bands back. But Fortini is a great example of a plant that you can prune severely back now. It's actually coming into growth and people often think, well, it's coming into growth, so I better not touch it. Now is the time to actually cut that plant back because not only are you going to encourage it to fill in the bare patches at the base, you're also going to multiply the number of stems that it'll produce this year. So where you've got a gappy plant, cut it hard back. They said it's, what, four or five feet high? I'd, I'd yes. reduce it by eight six, inches. Six, six feet high, mm-hmm. then cut it back to four feet prune it back hard and you can also get young plants of Fortinia in the garden centres. You get a small young plant mm-hmm. that you can plant at the base. So where you've got a gap or a, ba- or a, a you know, a gap, yeah. yeah, you can buy a small little, what we call a liner, a young plant. They're available now. Now it would be a good time to plant them and just pop those in in any of the bare spots along the base of the hedge right. and that will grow on and fill in the bare spot as well. So pruning it back, feeding it at this time of year and putting in some young plants right at the very base of the Fortinia hedge will fill up those gaps. Mighty. Now, that, when, you get, oh. when, when you get gaps like that on plants, it's an indication that the plant hasn't been pruned back as a young plant. So it has been allowed to grow and, and it's got leggy at the base because that's the older wood and you're getting the young growth at the top. Whereas that plant, that hedge was pruned hard back each year. You wouldn't have that gappiness. Yes, and that applies to laurels and other hedges. It would hedges. fill out uh, naturally. Yes. yes. Well, so you have the kind of wall hedge then that you're you'd, looking for. Exactly. You'd have it trained from a young plant when it's young and, and has the ability to kind of reshoot um, rather than allowing it. A couple, this is obviously four or five years old at this stage and has just got bare at the base. So cut it hard back, feed it, replant some young liner plants at the base and you'll get yourself a really good hedge back into good condition. Now somebody says happy St. Patrick's weekend. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, they have erected a new greenhouse pork and they're wondering what should they grow in it? They're brand new to gardening so something easy. Right, well, <laughs> well, there's so much that you can plant in the greenhouse. I mean, really, you're using the greenhouse this time of year for sowing seeds, for planting up the bulbs that we talked about, the dahlias, the begonias, all of those sort of bulbs can be planted up this time of year. We're also in the time of year for planting up things like tomatoes. They're available in garden centres at the moment. Um, peppers, chilies, the little courgette plants. All of those plants can be planted, even just commoner salad crops like um, lettuce, la rosa, uh, lettuce, red, uh, little gem, they can be planted in greenhouses now to get, you're using the greenhouse really to get a kickstart on the season. So you can plant it up with lots of vegetables, herbs, all the herb plants could be started off now. You could do some potatoes in pots if you wanted to get them started, some early potatoes in the greenhouse. Um, and so the sowing of seeds, the growing of, of dahlia bulbs, begonia bulbs can all be started in the greenhouse now. So you're using it at this time of year really to get plants started maybe with a view to plant them out and then Plants like tomatoes, you're going to grow in the greenhouse right through the summer period. And all the popular varieties, they're in garden centres, so why not start planting them? Fantastic. Uh, lots of people are really getting uh, into the whole gardening. Somebody else says it's a great week weather-wise for gardening. They've cleaned out their raised beds. Fantastic. What do they use to feed the soil they want to plant now, please? Well, if they're, con- if they're continuing to grow in vegetables, um, so things like potatoes are going to need quite a rich fertiliser so something like the the sea mungus would be very good to add to the soil now it's a mixture of seaweed and uh, poultry manure mixed together so it's quite rich so it's very good for hungry plants like potatoes and they can be planted potatoes this weekend ideal weather for putting them into the, the ground things like the le- the lettuce crops uh, all the salad crops again they can be sown now I would use the Vitex Q4 to feed the soil for those it's it's not as intense as the sea mungus mm. and it's ideal for all your root crops shallots garlic um, sets they can all be planted out in raised beds now all, many of the seed varieties can be sown at this time of year and, and lots of the plants are available the vegetable plants are available now so you can kickstart your raised beds at this time of year 
Great. Is it okay to set blueberry shrubs in the ground now they're in pots? Yes, absolutely. And, and gen, in a, as a general rule, if you want to move plants, transplant them to somewhere else. If you want to take plants out of pots and put them into the ground, this is the time of year to do that. So soil conditions are just ideal. Uh, blueberries are lime haters, so you need an ericaceous compost. So get a bag of ericaceous compost in your local garden centre. Dig that into the soil. Get a little tub of ericaceous plant food. It's normally the plant food that we use on rhododendrons and azaleas. Uh, blueberries just love that they love that acidic type soil so put that into the soil before planting and then just take them out of the pots put them in and away away you go go. great stuff away you go great stuff okay we're going to take a quick break um, and we still have lots more to come so stay with us Now, you're very welcome back. We've loved such a range of questions this morning, Porik. Um, it's quite extraordinary. Everybody is really, I think, enthused by uh, the fact that it's dried up a bit. Um, one or two questions I just missed earlier, and I want to go back on them, if I may. Yeah, um, yes. What's the best thing to spray on rushes and briars to kill them? They're choking spruce trees a listener planted, and they have to plant new ones. Well, depending on what else is growing there, but if it's just rushes and briars, use the, the uh, trees stump treatment that I mentioned, that can be actually sprayed onto briars and to rushes and you get a very good kill with with, with, uh, with both of, with, with that stump treatment on tougher weeds like that. And again, this weekend is ideal to do it. Now, uh, somebody's growing strawberries in a tunnel. They always seem to get a white powder on the leaves. What should they do? That's mildew. That's white powdery mildew that comes in the foliage. First of all, it's an indication you're not aerating the the uh, tunnel enough. You're not letting enough air into So keep the doors of the tunnel open unless we get stormy weather. Mm-hmm. So leave lots of ventilation in and that will reduce white mildew. You can also treat them with a little bit of fungus um, treatment like plant rescue if you just spray it on. And now would actually be a good time, particularly if you've got strawberries in the tunnel because they're kicking into growth now. So put a little bit of that um, plant rescue which is a, a fungicide onto the foliage. They won't be coming into flower for another couple of weeks so it's quite safe to use right. and uh, that'll prevent the mildew. Uh, a listener has planted a maple tree three years ago. Okay. Now, the first year it was full of leaves. Right. Last year it only grew about 30% of its leaves and they're concerned that it might be dying. Is there anything they can do to boost it on? Well, the first thing is uh, the growing conditions are, are obviously not ideal. Like the the maples, particularly the Japanese maples, they're totally hardy frost-wise mm-hmm. and, and cold weather that doesn't bother them. What bothers them is wind, cold, chilly winds. So they need a sheltered location in the garden and it, it, they haven't come in to leave just yet and my guess is that this is planting out, planted out in an exposed area in the garden so I would lift it at this time of year and replant it to a more sheltered part of the garden so maybe somewhere that might have a, a little bit of wall protection or they also tolerate shade quite well so you can put them into kind of a, a more shaded area of the garden or somewhere that other plants might give it a little bit of protection but really I'd, I'd move it that's a real indication where it did well the first year and second year has kind of gone back so I would lift it now transplant it somewhere else um, you know put in some good so compost and soil and feed of course when you're planting it uh, but it's more likely to be a wind issue a cold chill that the plant is getting rather than anything else okay. they're not difficult to grow once they're in a nice environment in a in a re- reasonably protected area they do fantastic okay so they're in the equivalent of what we would call sitting in a draft correct okay. and they're not a plant that needs a lot of feeding they're slow growing so you're, it's not a plant that you're throwing lots of fertilizer on you know like a hydrangea that grows from nothing and it needs plenty of feeding things like japanese maples need little or no feeding whatsoever but they do need the right environment, environment. to grow 
Now, what can you use to kill off grass around young ash saplings? Well, the great thing with ash is that it doesn't come in. It's one of the last trees that comes into, into leaf. So they're totally naked at this time of year. So using something like Weed Free 360 uh, would be very good because it will kill the grass without affecting the ash or the soil. So simply make up a small bit of the Weed Free 360 in a water can or sprayer. Spray it around. If you want, you can just cover the ash tree with a black plastic piece of plastic if you wish but it's not in leaf so it's not going to be damaged and just apply the weed killer onto the grass that'll kill it off and won't damage your your ash tree um, what to do with wintergreen manure in a raised bed? This is new for me now. Uh, it seems quite long. What's wintergreen manure? Well, wintergreen manure, manure is, is exactly the, like the phacelia like right. that I was talking about earlier. Um, the, so there's, you know, particularly for people that like, grow, like to grow things organically, there's a range of seed that you can grow and sow. Um, you allow the crop to grow and then you dig it into the soil because it adds nutrition back into your soil. Ah. For example, peas are a great example of this. If you've got garden peas, you grow garden peas during the summer, you always leave the roots in the ground because they're full. Peas fix their own nitrogen. So they, they release that nitrogen back into the soil. So plants like that, uh, particularly, and they're called green manure. So you grow them as a crop and then you dig them back into the soil. So obviously the listener has allowed it to grow over the winter period. Now is the time to get out the fork and dig that plant. Now, you, if there's long stems on it, then cut that back. What you want to dig back into the ground is it's the green the portion. Stuff. Correct. So dig that back in and then you can start planting straight away. Okay, and, and, your spuds. and speaking of our green manure, uh, another question, yeah, can we, can we just give the name and spell so it So it's again? a plant called Phacelia, so it's P-H-A-C-E-L-I-A, brilliant plant for bees. Last year, potatoes were attacked by wireworm, Porik. What can I do to prevent this happening again this year? Well, wireworm is, is the larvae of the click beetle and unfortunately it lives in the ground for up to three years. So the first thing to do is to pick a different piece of ground if possible. Early varieties de- tend not to be uh, damaged by wireworms. So if you can grow the Sharps Express, the Orlas, the Duke of Yorks, they should be planted at this time of year. You're harvesting them at a time of year when the wireworm is, is inactive. So the t- wireworm tends to be a problem on records, curs, pinks, roosters, the, the plants that you're, you're growing in the ground during the summer period. Unfortunately, there's no treatment, there's no spray, there's nothing I can mm. give you that is going to actually kill the wireworm off that's going to be effective. So really my advice is to take a new piece of ground uh, and to grow early varieties. And so any of the varieties that you're digging kind of from June, early July, they, they'll all be safe. So Sharps Express, Orla, Colleen, Duke of York, there's lots of great varieties you can grow and the wireworm won't, won't, won't dam- damage, damage them. them. And we're going to stay with potatoes for a second. A listener is wondering if they grow some early potatoes in a bag of compost, how many eating potatoes can they expect to have this summer? Right, well, if, you, if you're growing early varieties, and it, it, it slightly depends on, on the, the variety you grow, but generally speaking, you would plant five to six tubers in a, in a potato bag or in a big pot. Um, and from this, so you plant two layers. So you put in six inches of compost, put in three tubers, another layer of six inches of compost, another two to three tubers, and then fill the, the container up. And from that, you'd expect to get about 70 tubers, 70 oh, yeah. to 80 tubers. Now, it depends as well on how long you leave them to mature, because if you pick them early, which we have a tendency to do, yeah. the tubers are going to be small and you get quite a lot of small, undeveloped tubers. But if you leave it till, say, the middle of July, planting them now at this time of year and allow them to grow on to the middle of July, making sure that you keep them very well watered and fed, you'll get up to about 70, 80 tubers. So you get quite a quite a bag full. Right, that could be, keep you going for a while. For a while. Well, the early ones don't last too long. Yeah, well, they're small <laughs> and they're sweet anyway. and we all yeah, like them exactly, with butter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, 
Okay, so that's... But that's well worth planting at this time of year and really my advice is to plant some different varieties, plant some Orlas and Colleen's and Sharps Express and just for different flavours and different bit oh, of variety. Lovely. Can we repeat the name of the small heads of cabbage, please? Oh, that was Mini Coal. Mini Coal is from Seed. So it's F1 Mini Coal. Coal. M-I-N-I-C-O-L-E. Sow the seed now, you'll have the heads in mid-June and they'll sit there even in August, it'll still be there waiting for you to cut it. Okay, now Michael... That'd be a good one actually for, sorry, for the, the person that had the greenhouse or if you have a tunnel. It's a very good variety because it takes up very little space. And it's compact. Very compact, yeah. Uh, Michael is wondering about a hydrangea bush. It's about six foot high. Wondering, can they cut it back and how far should he cut it? Yeah, and I'm, this, is, this is one of the topics I'm going to deal with today oh, right. in, in the museum at three o'clock. Um, pruning hydrangeas is always kind of, it's always the question that's asked. I can guarantee you. Why? The are they, are they always a bit challenging, well, the hydrangeas? For, well, I suppose, first of all, everybody has hydrangeas in the and garden. They're big. One, right? Or they can be big. And they can be big. And if you're pruning them back, you prune back last year's wood. So the, the, the shoots that flowered last summer, and you'll know them this year because the withered flowers are there, you follow those right back to ground level and you cut those out. And you leave the young developing shoots because that's where the flowers are going to be born this year. But I'm going to be covering pruning extensively um, this afternoon. To, to this afternoon. I'll be bringing the secateurs in. I'll be bringing, I hope I won't make a mess, but I'll be bringing some plants in to show people how to cut them back. And when you do get your head around pruning, it's actually, it's quite straightforward. I won't go into it now because right. we'll be here. Yeah. But I'll cover it today extensively in the museum at three o'clock if people want to pop in. Okay, lovely. Um, sorry, now we touched on briars already. Uh, I'm just going along here for a second. Um, is it too late to prune apple trees? No. Seeing as we're talking about yeah, pruning. No, no. I suppose the confusion sometimes is that there's a, there's some plants that we don't prune in the springtime and there's some correct. plants that we do, isn't that That's it? That's correct. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to tell you which ones are which because that's your job. I'll tell them today. Come down to the museum at three o'clock and I'll okay. explain it because I'll actually have bring some plants in with me and I'll show you physically how, how to, to do, do it, it, how to prune it back. And people yeah, get worried about how hard to prune them back, how hard to prune the roses mm. and so on. But you're dead right. It depends on the when they flower. That's the trigger to when you prune. And, and it actually makes perfectly logical sense once you go through it. Think about it. Yes, when you think about it. So I'll be covering that today. Um, Okay. There you go. Three o'clock in, in the, the Museum, Museum of Country, of Country Life. Life. Down in, in Turlock, yeah. Um, I'll be in the auditorium right in the in the middle of the museum. So do come down. It's a free talk. Um, okay, I hope we, you'll have we, enough we, room we, for we everyone. Leave, we'll leave the pruning till <laughs> later then. When to set willow trees and how set how to set um are they are they good for shelter? asks John. Yeah, well the the great thing about willows is that they're so they're so hardy. They're so easy to grow. They grow in any type of soil, be it wet or alkaline acid soil. Um, now is a good time to plant them. Um, and, and what I would advise if you want them for shelter is when you buy the plants, you, you're buying young whips, so they tend to be tall but skinny. So what to do is to plant them and cut them back to about six inches from ground level. Encourage them to fill out. And even in the summertime, as they're growing, say in June, give them another cut back, trim back, because that will encourage them to fill out again. So willows are one of those very vigorous, I mean, they'll put on six, seven feet of growth per year. But if you don't trim them back and and train them, you'll end up with a tall, skinny plant. Whereas if you prune them back, you what we call coppice them, you encourage them to produce lots of side Mm. stems. And the more stems you get, the better shelter. The better shelter you're going to get. And there's some lovely varieties of willows, some with kind of orange stems, yellow stems, some of them with really big fat catkins at this time of year when they're coming into flower. They can be quite decorative and a great plant for bees as well because they're flowering at this time of year early when the bees are beginning to, to come out. 
Is there any feed to put on a monkey puzzle? It's doing, it's going, it's growing very slowly. Well, monkey puzzle... They grow slowly, I think, do well, they? Well, they, they put they on generally, long, yeah. generally. The thing with monkey puzzle is remember that they grow enormous. Enormous. So you mightn't want to You need to have much. plenty of space for them. Um, and feeding is a good idea. And feeding, and I think we touched on this a couple of weeks back, that feeding for all plants this year, of any year, because it, there's been so much rainfall, um, it's a good idea to give all your plants some feed. So for the monkey puzzle, I would use the Osmo Pro 6. It's a particular tree and shrub fertilizer, mm. about a handful, depending on the age of the plant, but about a handful around the base bush. But make sure that the location that you've picked for the monkey puzzle is correct, because it's a parkland conifer. It will grow... And it needs, it needs space. It grows 50, 60... 70 feet in height mm. it grows certainly th 20 feet in diameter and generally when it on, in smaller gardens or in poorer soils as it grows older you tend to lose the lower branches it gets hungry and it drops off these lower branches um, so give it plenty of room it's really but yeah feeding it use on use a good tree and shrub feed now, uh, one or two final questions, because I know we've got a couple of tips as well for uh, listeners for the weekend. Uh, somebody is wondering, um, roses, can you suggest some roses to set in pots at the back door with a nice smell? Well, if you go for the um, patio roses, are lovely. There's a lovely variety called Sweet Dream, which is a, a, a peachy coloured rose. Um, very nice variety. It only grows about, uh, oh, it grows a foot, 15 inches in height. Loads and loads of flowers through the summer. Um, lovely on patios, lovely in a container. That's one called Sweet Dream. Top Marks is another very nice one that I like. Um, and again, it, it does very well in pots. Pop down to your local garden centre, really. Ask them for the range of patio roses or miniature roses that they have. And now is a good time, actually, for start planting roses. And finally, a listener is going to sow one female holly bush and she's planting it, or they're planting it with a gooseberry brush, will it grow? Do they need, does it need to be with a male and the female? The holly bush yeah. and the gooseberry bush? Yeah. Well, you can, holly bushes do. They are male. There are male and female, and of course. Yeah. Um. But so, but if you want to just grow one, grow a self-fertile variety, and there's a very good variety called JC Van Tal. It's a, it's a deep green uh, variety. It's got um, nice red berries in, in the winter, but it's, it 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 pollinates itself. So that's uh, Ilex. JC Van Tal or, or look again in your local garden centre ask for a, a self-fertile holly if you just want to plant one um, if you're yeah gooseberries will the bees will pollinate the flowers but you're better with gooseberries you, you generally would need about five or six plants to get anything worthwhile from okay. so if you're just growing it for a novelty then one plant is fine its own but they're better in groups of fives maybe sixes to get good cross pollination and plant them together within a you know in an area put them about a metre apart in an area so that the bees work from one flower to the other Great. Right, what, what should we be at now? Well, Bank holiday weekend synonymous with uh, going and getting out into the garden. Well, I have a fact sheet available. So if people want oh, yeah. to go onto the website, horkins.ie, there's a fact sheet of uh, kind of 10 or 15 jobs that people can be doing in the garden this weekend. Great. Or call into the garden, any of the garden centres, the, the team will give out the fact sheets. Or if you're coming along to the talk today at three o'clock, I've got a fact sheet telling you what you can do in your garden all weekend. But things like sweet peas, this is the time to plant them. Right. If you want lots of summer colour for cutting. Put in your sweet pea plants now. Roses should be pruned back and that's one of the topics I'll be covering today, mm -hmm. how to prune them back. But if you haven't pruned your roses, get them back to about six inches now. Feed them, that's important. Slugs, we touched them already, but protecting daffodils, hostas, perennial plants in general from slugs and snails, that's that's really important to do. Um, 
the annual flowers, particularly hardy annuals like English marigolds, um, can be sown directly, nasturtiums can be sown directly out of doors at this time of year. Uh, so it's a good time of year for sowing hardy annuals in particular out of doors. Tomato plants, I think we touched on the planting up of tomato yeah. plants. Now is the time really. The plants are available. So if you've got your greenhouse or tunnel, start getting those into the ground now. Um, Hydrangeas, we talked about moss control, I suppose, if you've, if you've got moss on patios, driveways, slates, tiles, any hard surface areas, patio magic is the one I find effective. And again, a dry weekend like this, you'll find it very effective. Yeah, I will just say that on the volume of questions this morning, I know we touched on it once along the way, there's been a huge number of questions about moss, both with regards to grass and with regards to yeah. the hard surfaces. So if we if you'd missed what we were talking about, the fact sheet will have all the answers. It will indeed. Yeah, it'll have the, the fact sheet will have exactly what to do. And I think on the website as well, I've actually done a fact sheet on the Osmo, how, how to use it and, and how to get the best results from it. So that's there on horkins.ie as well. Or if you pop into any of the garden mm. centres, we've got a fact sheet on it. But this is the weekend really for, it's the first real warm weekend for getting the grass cut, tidying up the garden. The weeds are beginning to pop up. So get out the, the hoe, you know, scuffle up the weeds now, take control, take back the control on the garden, I suppose. It will really be my message over the weekend. Start getting it tidied up, start kickstarting it back into growth again. Uh, feeding of plants, pruning of plants, trimming the lawn, controlling the moss. They're all the sort of jobs I'll be focusing on. And then planting up things like the summer bulbs, the potatoes, sowing seeds, you know, planting garlic, planting herbs in the garden, sh sh sets, shallots, all of those sort of plants. Uh, should be started now, take advantage of this weather. Moving of plants, if you've got to transplant something and move it around or take, as, as the listener asked about moving something out of a pot, this is the weekend to, to do that. Because okay. who knows, a week from now it could we be. We could be back with we the back on again. And, and the frost, you know, people often worry about, oh, if I can't cut the grass because the frost might come. The frost won't damage your grass at this time of year. Mm. It's only bedding plants or tender plants that you need to be protecting. Um, so things like your tomatoes, you, a little bit of garden fleece at night time is a good idea. But, uh, and bedding plants, you know, the, particularly the softer ones shouldn't be planted out until later on. But apart from that, the frost really doesn't have any negative effect in the garden this mm. time of year you know it's it's not that severe and yeah, that and, intense I mean, I suppose, and in the grand scheme of things we haven't really been impacted all that much by it no it's been extremely yeah, extremely yeah. mild and, and so it's more about kind of getting the garden started again Okay, so Horkins.ie? Horkins.ie for the fact sheet, mm -hmm. or if you're in any of the garden centres, just ask the team. We have copies there to give out uh, to people. Just I picked kind of 10 key jobs that can be focused on now over the over the next few days. Great stuff. Okay, and of course you're in Turlock. I'm in the Turlock Museum, Country Life, in the auditorium um, for three o'clock. I promised to have it finished by four, four thirty, because I want to see the match myself. Yep. And uh, so come along, and I'll do some pruning, and I'll, I, you know, I'll touch on the key jobs that people can be doing in the garden this weekend. Okay, busy one ahead, I think. It Porrick, sure is. Thank you very much Thanks, indeed. Thanks, Deirdre. And uh, of course we'll be back again next Saturday with lots more gardening just after nine. Stand by. News on the way with Angelina. Nugent and then of course it's Country Classics here on Midwest Radio with Michael Neary right through until one o'clock. From me for the moment, a very good morning.